0: Hey there, and welcome to The Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, I'll be your host. Hi, I'm Ryan. We talk with uh, Anna Golden. It was just a fantastic conversation about worship leadership, about songwriting. Um, I wanted to also let you know we have an awesome Facebook group. Go ahead and look up The Church Collective Community if you're not already in there. We tend to hop in there and uh, see if you guys have questions for upcoming podcast episodes, but we're going to jump right in with this episode.
1: Cool. Well, yeah, so my first full-length record is getting released on... Uh, May 14th, which would be Friday, and it's called Peace the Album. It's a little bit different. I love, I've always been a worship leader since I was really young, but I've also been an artist. I feel like you can't have one without the other when it comes to me, and this album is a bit of a duality. So the first half is from a live recording that we did in Franklin, Tennessee, and it's a live worship setting something that you would play on a sunday morning or just worship with like in your own personal time with the lord and then the b side of the record is just like a creative take with the same narrative um, of the first side that peace like god is the only consistent thing in our lives you know peace is a promise but just in more of a vibey take i kind of wanted to embody what most of our playlist looks like. Uh, personally, I don't only listen to worship music. I wish I was, you know, that person is so holy. Um, but sure. I wanted to incorporate kind of all sounds, you know, like sometimes you just want to drive in the car, roll the windows down and just kind of vibe out. Or if you're like getting ready, you want to turn on something that like kind of gets you going. And um, I just wanted to embody both sides. And I feel like we, we really did in this record. So I'm, I'm super amped about it.
0: Sure. So, so going into it, like you, you went in with that intention, right? Yeah. To like make the two sides. So like, what, like talk a little bit about just the songwriting process for all that.
1: Yeah. Um, I love songwriting and I love the different approaches that production can play in songwriting. So, um, when it came to the B side of the record, a lot of that was in studio, Um, especially with my co-producer Dave um, James he was in Baltimore and we would just kind of get in there and I'm like you know let's just create something that just lifts this lyrical idea and then right on top of that when when you go to the worship side of things it was like a lot of it was birthed out of spontaneous moments or just like God breathed moments of um, just my personal devotion so they kind of came from different places but all from the same inspiration and the same like lyrical concept and verses um but yeah I don't know if that makes sense yeah we we definitely the approach was to have this two sides um I feel like oftentimes especially being a worship leader you kind of have to sacrifice um this idea of okay we're gonna do a studio record or we're gonna do a live record and then maybe we'll do a studio record but then maybe we'll we'll go in in the next year and then we'll do it live to show churches, you know, you can actually do these songs like on a Sunday morning. Right. Um, and I just wanted to kind of break that stigma a little bit that you, that you have to choose one or the other, because I think that like, like I said, if you were to take like a screenshot of most of our playlists, it's pretty, it's pretty mixed, you know, there's a plethora of music, especially being like a music lover that you just like to listen to, or you like to dive into. So I kind of wanted like a one album fits all
0: yeah talk about the the franklin recording got any fun stories from that
1: yeah it was so cool so we recorded it um in the end of january so it got moved two times (laughs) which i feel like uh most anybody can relate to in this last year things just kept getting moved around um we originally were doing it in november of last year um in 2020 and when it got moved again and again it was like oh like you just heart starts to break a little bit Um, the funny thing is, is I always wanted to do a live recording with no people like that was kind of the inspiration for me. Um, I loved the idea of doing like an in studio or something of the sorts. Um, I think that there's just like so much freedom and there's no like element of, I wanted it to be an album that wasn't just for the congregation in that room, but something that could go beyond the walls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes as worship leaders, we're so empathetic of what's going on within a room that we can speak to a room, but not necessarily speak to the world. So something that was really important to me was this aspect of like, no one else in the room, audience of one, like there's us and the Lord. And that came very clear during COVID. Right. So I was like, well, you have no other options. So love that. Right. Um, and so we did it in Franklin and it was this like sound stage that we just like built this like beautiful set and uh the first time it got moved to the beginning of January and then of course like um to be safe and everybody got tested I didn't know I had COVID (laughs) and I got tested like the day before the recording and was like (laughs) oh my (laughs) (laughs) god!" so and then of course the rage and the fury of like (laughs) I'm having to move I like it's like the whole time I've been telling everybody you know be safe be safe and it was right after the right. holiday like you think that like having to travel for work or like going out to the grocery stores when you're going to get it. it's like no it's when you go home for christmas sure <laughs> yeah oh my gosh but so we had to move it again and i really just feel like that was an testament of like the lord was like no you're really going to live these songs before sure. you have the chance Record them. One of the songs on the record is called There Is a Time, and it's from uh pulled out of Ecclesiastes. When it's like, there's a time for weeping, there's a time for mourning, there's a time to rest and wait. Like, um, and I really feel like the Lord was like, no, 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 this will be this will be at the right time, right? Which
0: um, he's like, you, you, you put the lyrics there, and he's like, no, I'm gonna make you do it.
1: (laughs) No, exactly. I (laughs) live in every every angle, I'm like, oh, I really did have to like live through all of these songs, which is like it's such a blessing because I mean like there's a conviction to it now I'm like no 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 I know this to be true
0: right what are are you hoping uh as the album comes out here like what are you hoping it does for the church and for people or like just kind of yeah
1: you know I I say this a lot I think that the Lord gives us our gifts and talents for us first um Kind of that too. If you were to get a cut on your arm, the way that God engineered our bodies is they heal themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So I believe that God gives us our gifts and talents to heal us first. Um, I think why I believe in this record so much and the healing power of it and the the peace that comes from it, it the album truly changed my life. Like the Lord gave this to me for me for such sure. a long time before I was able to release it. Like I said, like I really did. I live through all these songs. I have such a conviction with it because I've seen, I'm the prototype, you know, I've seen it, I've seen it change my life. I've seen it change my perspective um, to give me a whole, I don't know, a new song in such like a dark time. Um, And I, I really believe something that I prayed over this album constantly, and especially before the recording was... Like, Lord, please put this supernatural translation on every song that it is all things to all people at the opportune time. Um, And I believe that that's what it is, like this just place to meet Jesus. This is just honestly, what is a song, but like an exchange of like love letters between you and the Lord, you know what I mean? And just like this beautiful story of just redemption and finding peace. I mean, this album is so rooted in peace. I mean, that's why it's called peace. Um, Just the idea that peace is not just like this stillness, but it's peace is justice. Peace is this ferocious thing that chases down the darkness. You know what I mean? And so we, I really, I saw all angles of that within this project. So I think the biggest goal is just to see it just change people's lives, how I know it can because it's changed mine. So there's like no doubt in my mind that um, whatever you need you can get from it if you just take the chance to like listen to it and meet the Lord um, where he wants to meet you for sure
0: yeah talk a little bit about your like history as a worship leader like how did you get into all of this give us a little bit of your story
1: yeah so I have basically since I could talk I could sing Um, my parents were both worship leaders my mom was like a jazz singer my dad was like a classical guitarist So very musical family I have three siblings and we're all musical so it was like the partridge family you know mm-hmm. at all yep. times we were all homeschooled too so um, my mom used to make like music classes be a part of our schooling i don't that's think great. it was <laughs> you know what I mean? and also what was a part of our schooling was like plays at the church so we were like all six of us were in, like noah and jonah and all that fun stuff um and then when we were younger, uh, my brother and I primarily did stuff with like Radio Disney. So I started like in the mainstream world, but also I was always so drawn to church and I loved worship.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was weird, like since I was about 11, 11 years old, I remember being in like children's church and the worship leader coming up to me, he's like, You sing pretty loud during worship. I can hear you sound good. you want to sing with me? And I'm like, what so then like i would just be asked to be on these worship teams like since i was a little kid up into the point of where like being 18 or 20 and then tasha like reaches out to me to be a part of her album tasha cops and i was like wait what like the way that the lord just kind of like broke through but i started leading worship full time at 16 at a church that had multiple locations in st louis it was like a like a mega church and like just really just high capacity um when i was when i was 14 i started an internship at an international house of prayer so i had like these really i don't know like these two sides so i I started in this very like harp and bowl prophetic worship space where it was just super holy spirit breathed and then when i turned 16 then i got in this space of a very structured service and multiple like locations and just seeing all sides and i really feel like that was the lord's um plan to just give me the advantage of knowing all sides like you can't be just spirit you can't be just truth there's like a pendulum to everything sure. and um so i started leading worship full-time like as a job at 16 i was also like still homeschooled but taking like night classes in college so i was yeah. living the life of like a 30 year old but uh so yeah that's uh, i've been in full-time ministry since i was about 16. I've been a part of a bunch of different ministries. When I was um, 22, I moved to Greenville, South Carolina, and I was a part of a church. I was a worship pastor, and um, with Tasha, and I don't know. It's just it's been crazy. I never thought that I would release worship music or anything like that. I'd always been involved in mainstream. Yeah. And um, when I was 15. remember being just like so overly spiritual at 15. I remember telling my parents, I was like, you know, I don't want to like gain the world, lose my soul kind of thing. And my mom was like, all right. And um, that was just really a passion. I I felt like the weight of everything else kind of crushing me. And and from that moment, I realized that humans were were made to worship. And when that's misdirected, um, especially to like people in the musical space it can just crush someone sure and i i saw that like really young happening to people around me and i was like i just i love leading worship because none of it could ever be about me none of it rises and falls on me i'm truly just this like vessel um and i found a lot of rest and a lot of peace in that so um yeah from then on took over the worship ministry at that church when i was 18 i was like running four campuses at that time and like 80 volunteers, something crazy like that and then uh, began like traveling full time. I released an EP Called take me there and then I had the privilege of like singing that at a bunch of churches and Just from there. It's been really cool. I love I love being a part of like local churches and ministries. I love going and talking to worship teams because I think it's just It's truly like the lifeblood of what we do like the worship artistry side of things is cool, but like the day in day out. I just love the concept of people going to full-time jobs but then in their spare time they go to the rehearsals they wake up early on Sunday mornings to sing their part like they have completely other lives like I just think of like what a privilege it is to be like in full-time ministry it's like yeah. it is it can be really tough and I think we've all seen the, the monsters of that but it's, yeah. it's honestly like the greatest call truly
0: sure that's great Talk a little bit, I'm sure as people are listening to this, um, it's a lot of leadership for uh, such a young age. Like maybe speak to that. How did you uh, deal with that? Did did people, you know, give you trouble because you were young? Or like, how did you you work through that?
1: Um, For sure, being young and then also being a woman in ministry, that all plays into things. And then being single.
0: (laughs) So it's like,
1: sometimes it's like the three big whammies. Um, I was really fortunate to always... Lead under leaders who empowered young people. Yeah. Um, but also, there's like such a liability that comes with that. I definitely made eons of mistakes. I mean, like, I look back and I'm like, who did you think you were at this age doing that? Like, what's going on? Um, But I think like the biggest thing that kept me and keeps me even now is just accountability. Like there's just so much safety and accountability. And when I was younger, I used to see accountability as like control and um, accountability is truly just guide rails. And it, it is like, like I said, there is just so much comfort in that. I love that right now I have a list of people on my phone who know where I'm at, who know what I'm doing, who like cover me in prayer and who know who I am so they can tell me when I'm acting out of character and I think that that's something that's huge for like young leaders to be submitted I hate to the idea of people I'm like Enneagram eight to the core I'm like sure. don't control me don't whatever right so right. Um, which is great in some areas I mean like you can like break through walls but it's also like you can be very very stubborn um and i think that that's something that i had to learn the hard way tasha often says that i love to learn from my mistakes (laughs) like i'm like i need to make this mistake but uh, i think as i grow up and mature i'm accountability is just the biggest thing that just really helps like young leaders and i think that it's great when people empower young leaders but sometimes like i said it's like this bit of a liability that a lot of people don't want to get into um but I think it's, it's worth it. There's so much creativity and new perspective. I even look at like the new generation of like Gen Z and I'm like, there's just so much greatness. Like, I feel like they come, they're like born knowing these things. I'm like, what's going on? We did not right. know any of this, but, but it's, uh, it's really dope. But I would definitely say my biggest, biggest thing would be accountability for sure for young leaders.
0: Yeah. We've talked about Tasha a few times, like I'd love to hear, like as someone who's been able to serve under her, she's like a powerhouse in worship world and music world. Like, could you maybe just, what are some of the lessons you've gleaned from her as, as a mentor down to you?
1: Yeah, I always studied Tasha from afar since I was young. I, I really uh-huh. gleaned from her because of her strength and her authority, like I said, like being a woman in leadership and in church. I honestly can kind of be this cast a little bit of like you need to be dainty and like respectable and like all these things and I loved I loved Tasha because she like was like I'm gonna break through walls you know what I mean yeah um and then when I was 20 I remember I was like in like Las Vegas with my family I got this like email from her and I was like I must have signed up for an email chain because <laughs> it was like <laughs> it was like hey worship leader if you, want you right. to be a part of whatever like this new record Heart, passion pursuit and but then it, it had my name in it and she was like I've been listening to your EP and I was like wait what <laughs> And um, a mutual friend of ours like connected us and then I like showed up at this recording and it was just really instantaneous I mean we're like we're very similar and she was like I just see I see so much myself in you um, like immediately took me under her wing her and Kenny have just been incredible I've learned so much, so much from them. I think that one of the biggest things Natasha talks a lot about this is mentorship and accountability and just staying submitted. And, you know, it's there's there can be kind of a facade that there's like a lot of glitz and glam and fashion, but it's like, it's like, no, there's like a lot, like a very high level of consecration to like what we do. And she really, she really bodies this like loving, like motherly figure in my life sure. and like constantly like calling me
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also great. like
1: but yeah. in like such like a loving, like growing kind of way. Yeah. Um, and she balances she balances things really, really, really well. Sure. Um she, I mean now she has her own church and she has her family and like all these different things and she just shows that there's like that you don't have to like sacrifice certain things like families always first before ministry because that's your that's first great. ministry yeah just the basics i mean i've just been able to just glean so much she balances local church and her artistry so well i saw her be a worship pastor over a huge church but also she was touring she, i remember she had like three different tours one year but it was like it never felt like she was gone she just covered that so well and i yeah. think that that's one of the most beautiful things that i learned from her because i never want to be disconnected from a local ministry but i also don't want to feel like i have to give up certain things and she's like no there's just a beautiful balance balance in it so sure yeah I could I'd, on for I'd,
0: I'd, I'd love to hear like with, as much as you're doing like there's always that balance of we need to lead worship but we can't lead from a dry well so i'd love to hear like what do you what, how how's your relationship with the lord how do you keep yourself in check on just in that
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely always evolving. I remember Stephanie Gretzinger talking about this years ago, and she was like, you know, it's just a different dance in different seasons. Mm -hmm. And I really loved that because I used to put so much pressure on myself of like, you need to clock this much time and you need to read this amount of First thing in the morning, got the
0: right book, yeah.
1: (laughs) Like, if I open my phone before I open the Bible, my day is over. It's like, you know, just like, I think that, um, when I was younger, I was really legalistic about the way that I approached the presence of God. Mm. And it's just evolved. I mean, it evolves in every season. I This week I've been reading um, in Psalms 139, just about how the Lord is constantly there with you. Like when I make my bed in hell, you're there. Like, and I think that even in this season, the Lord has just been reminding me like I'm there in, at all times. You can notice me or not. Yeah. So it's like, level of awareness that like every morning when I wake up, you know, I, I truly try to be like, Hey, like what's going on? Like with you, like having this like personal relationship, but not throwing away this like holy reverence, um, for who the Lord is. I try to, I try to get in a place of worship, um, every day. I mean, that's not always like realistic. Sometimes I mean like yesterday I filed my taxes, so that's like <laughs> that you know. be all day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't want really anything to do with the presence of God today. <laughs> I'm like, why would you do this? Um, you know, but it's just like the reality of it's it's a relationship that I constantly have to pursue. And yep. you really do as a worship leader, you can start to really feel that disconnect when I, I talk about this all the time. Like when you're talented, it's easy to fake anointing. There's like this grace period. And you can get caught in this really sticky space of like, where people will still be fooled to think that you actually know what you're doing when you're not <laughs> like, like, yeah. and then it, it all, it just, it runs out. Like um, sure. I think that that's something that that scares me, but I constantly am like, you know, I want to keep the main thing, the main thing, like, Right. who am I to say anything if I don't even know you
0: Sure. Um,
1: but yeah it looks different in every season I think that right now like um, my one of my biggest ways that I connect to the Lord is songwriting because I feel like it just logs our conversations yeah. like which I love and um, sometimes it's literally me picking up the guitar and I just cry I'm not like a crier so like I just <laughs> <Okay>. do that <laughs> um, sure. yeah and, uh, yeah I don't know that's kind of been
0: that's
1: good. Yeah. Is, I don't know if that was an answer or not, yeah. but I think well, the answer is, like, there's no right or wrong way. It's just, like, sure. I don't know. I just, I just talk to them.
0: Yeah. I'd love to maybe get a little bit tactical here before we wrap. Um, you, yeah. you talked way earlier about, like, uh, your background in both the spontaneous and kind of the structure for worship, and that seems to be, like, a hot-button issue for a lot of worship leaders, and some mm-hmm. of us will get in fights about which one's the right one, and, and some of us will say it's both, but then not quite know how to do both. Some of us you know, lead worship for an hour and a half because the Lord moved and then the kids ministry's mad at us and all that. Could you maybe speak to just somewhere, some kind of balance? I mean, the answer is there's some balance in all that, but maybe just with your varied background, give some advice to the young worship leader that wants like a little more of the spontaneous, but also has to plan, like talk about that for me.
1: Yeah. Okay. So starting in an international house of prayer setting, which is like quite literally zero structure. It's sure. like you might start with the song and that just <laughs> launches you into space, right? So that's what I was used to doing. I used to lead like devotional sets where it's like me and the piano for two hours, right? Yeah. And then um, I was 16. I might have been almost 16. I was like 15 and my parents moved <laughs> moved us to a different church and I remember just yeah. being like we have left the Spirit of God. We're now at a church that has a full set list, that everything is so planned out. Every transition is timed. And I was like, Holy Spirit isn't here. He's never even known where, where we are. And I just remember like, being such a brat at 16. And then the Lord just like bringing me to my knees. I remember we did 22 minutes of worship. It was always capped at that. There's right. so many the pastor would travel back and forth campuses and the holy spirit was like you're putting me in a box to think i can't move in 22 minutes yeah and i was and i was i was convinced we were putting the holy spirit in a box because we're only doing 22 minutes and i think that there is a time for everything there is there is a time for literally everything and especially when i when i think about a sunday morning service i've been a part of both ministries where it's like just open the floodgates, let it grab let it just let it pour out, which is so, so many beautiful moments. And then there's moments where it's like, you know, they the kids ministry is over there. They've run out of snacks,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: Like, like we're paving the way for these kids, too, that are like, I don't like church anymore. You guys just sit in there and I have nothing to do with it. Um, so I think there's just all things for all people. You know, there's ministries that like cater to your, I don't know. Our expressions of worship are truly preference, and there's like no right and wrong way. I <laughs> think worship the Lord. um It's it all. All the Bible really gives us is come in with clean hands and a pure heart. Right? Yeah. It's not. Yeah, there's
0: not a whole lot of style given to us in the Bible. Yeah, after <laughs> yeah. after
1: after the Old Testament, when we came in the New Testament, veil was torn. There was no like we don't have to tie a rope around our ankle and walk into the holy of holies anymore there's just truly like um expression can be very cultural it can be very based on where you grew up um and what you know and so i think that just like i don't think there's a right and wrong way to do it i think that we just follow like the biblical principles and then um you kind of just you go to a church that I mean I guess caters to your more of your expression which sounds weird but um, I used to think that there was only one way the, the Holy Spirit was only this like very loose like everything um, everything has to be no structure but I think that the Holy Spirit can move within structure and can move without of it I think that there's just so dependent on the worshiper of like you can jump in the well or you can't I remember the Holy Spirit gave me this Vision when I was younger, when I was leading worship, I used to get so affected when people wouldn't enter in, because I'm like, "What's going sure. on with you? Like, what am I right. doing this?" <laughs> and, uh, the Lord just gave me this image of like being on the airplane and having an oxygen mask, and He's like, "You have the ability to decide if you want to if you want to put it on or not." That's good. Not everybody's just immediately connected. You know what I mean? And it took sure. a lot of pressure me. So I think that whatever connects you to the Holy Spirit, that is that is. That is the expression that I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the words I don't know if that makes sense,
0: but yeah, absolutely. that's fantastic. Thank you so much for being a part of this week's episode. As I mentioned in the beginning, we would love to see you join us in the church collective community over on Facebook. Go ahead and go in there, join the group, or shoot us a DM on Instagram. We love chatting with you guys. God bless you.